All right, why don't we get on our feet? We're going to get on our feet. Some of us already were on our feet, but the rest of us, we're going to get on our feet. Um, that's because I'm, a, I'm reminded this morning of the opportunity that lays ahead of us right now. This isn't just about listening to a nice little message and we smile and we pat each other on the back and then we head out. But this is an opportunity for God to speak to us and to take us deeper. You know, in the, in the car on the way to church, um, I put on a song that my wife Kim shared with me, okay? It's called Deep Dive by SEU Worship. I want to encourage you, find it on Spotify afterwards. But literally as I'm listening to the song, I can just feel the power of God in the car. Um, I just began to cry. Um, and, you know, it must have looked awkward. Must have looked awkward for anyone driving on the road. <laughs> so thanks, Kim, who's watching at home with our beautiful kids. Unfortunately, they're not well right now. Um, everyone's like, who's that blubbering mess? But anyway, let me read. Can I read a couple of the lyrics to you? Because this is what I believe the opportunity is right now. Listen to this. You don't want a surface relationship. You want more than this. Man, take me on a deep dive, a deep dive into your heart. Show me every detail, unveil all that you are, all that you are. And I love the switch that goes, I don't want a surface relationship. I want more than this. Take me on a deep dive, a deep dive into your heart. Now, this is the bit that made me feel undone. Are you ready for it? Show me what's breaking your heart. Even if it messes me up. Because I don't want to know you in part. Because I want to know you. I really want to know you. I don't want to reach the end of my life knowing there was more that I could find. I don't want to know you in part. I want to know you. I want to really know you. And you know what I really feel God impressing on me this morning is remember that when we've had a revelation of who Jesus is, we are no longer part of the crowd. We're part of His crew. That's what God is calling each and every one of us this morning to no longer be part of the crowd, but part of the crew. Because crowds come and they go, but the crew remains. Crowds come and go, but the crew remain. You know, Terry is an incredible, he, I know he's hate, probably hating every second of this spotlight on him this morning, but I'm going with it anyway. Terry is a perfect example of what it is to become part of the crew. And God, our prayer this morning, in this moment, is we don't want to know you in part. We want to really know you, God. Lord, I pray that in this moment now that we have, that you would bring revelation, that it wouldn't just be words, 
God, it wouldn't just be words that come out of my mouth, but Lord, it would be what your heart is, what you would want to share with us, that you would take us deeper. But God, that you would continue to refine us and shape us. Because Lord, I thank you that that is how great you love us, that it doesn't just stop in a moment. God, it doesn't just stop with a decision to say yes, but every day you are calling us deeper. You are shaping us. You are molding us into the people that you are called us to be. That God, even if we have discovered your love in a moment, even now, you're wanting to take us deeper, God. And Lord, we are open. Church, why don't you just say that in your own words this morning? I am open. I am open. Speak to me, God. Speak to me, God. In Jesus' name. You can have a seat. You know, I think that's important. So often it's easy to go into the autopilot, am I right? So easy to go, cool, we sang some worship. We're going to listen to a word and then we're going to move on. But every one of these services, every moment you open up your word, every time you begin to pray is an opportunity for God to make Himself real to you and to speak to you. All right. Thank you, band. So this morning... We are continuing our theme in Ephesians. Has anyone been inspired to read Ephesians in your own time? I want to encourage you, do that. Open up the book. It actually doesn't take long to go from beginning to end, okay? Not long at all. Easy in a sitting. And what I love is when you do that, you begin to see the awesome thread that's running through, that you might be picking up as we are um, preaching on it. So Pastor Julia kicked it off. How good is Pastor Julia? Come on. Oh man, we're going to do better than that. We're going to do better than that. So Pastor Julia kicked it off with Made Alive in Christ. And so in the beginning of Ephesians, Paul takes a look at God's master plan that He is bringing all things in heaven and in earth under one head in Christ, that we are made alive in Christ. I love the the language that you shared, Pastor Julie, about how God lavishes His love on us. He's not stingy, right? Man, we're going to bust we're going to bust that, that idea that God is stingy. He is not. He lavishes. Talks about how God's master plan isn't just salvation, which is an incredible thing. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I am standing here saved, set free. But His master plan is bringing us together and making us one. Making us one because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That as we go out, we carry God's Spirit. I love last week, Pastor Dom, um, continuing that into chapter four, that together in Christ, we are a representation of God's reconciling work in the world. How good. And with that, we've been set free. So if you're wondering why on earth Pastor Julie is talking about the handcuffs and why on earth Pastor Don would be caught in an airport with handcuffs, he brought those out and he was saying, come on guys, we have been set free. 
But being people who are set free, there's a change to how we live, right? Together, that we're pursuing oneness. And, and that there's some words there that can become a little bit uncomfortable, like gentleness sometimes when you get frustrated. Uh, words like forbearance, <laughs> forbearing with people. Um, but, you know, for us to be connected through love, right? So this morning, I'm continuing this as we head into chapter five, and the title of this morning is You Are Light in Christ. Can you say that with me? You are light in Christ. We're going to do that again because I swear we've only had one coffee this morning. Here we go. You are light in Christ. All right, so Ephesians 5 verse 1, here we go. It says, be imitators of God. So follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. We're going to read that one again. So be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children who loves being a child of God, that's who we are in Christ Jesus, and walk a life of love just as Christ loved us. You know, this word here, some of your Bibles will say live, but the word is walk. You know, you can tell a lot about somebody by the way they walk, right? Some people just walk with a whole lot of confidence and purpose. You know what I'm talking about? You can see them in the street. How they walk says a lot about who they are. Now, anybody who is a parent, especially parents of young kids also know that you can tell a lot about your the way your child walks when they drag their feet. Anyone know what I'm talking about this morning? Of course, we would never drag our feet as adults, but you know, that idea of just reluctance. I don't want to go there. Oh, we got to go to another shop. (laughs) Dragging their feet. You can tell when someone's a little bit shifty, right? Body language. It's by the way they walk, the way they act. In fact, some professions... You can totally tell um, because it impacts the way they walk, like a model. Now, I'm not going to bother to try this one this morning because it's going to look awfully awkward. (laughs) Catwalk. (laughs) I've missed a trick. We really should have like a pumping track and then it's like, no, no, we're not going to do it. (laughs) Now, it's got a little little blue steel, right, where it's kind of, all I know, anyone done any modeling before? Pam! Oh, that was awkward. Now, don't worry, Pam. I'm not going to embarrass you by getting up there. But it's kind of like the, the runway's too short, but it's kind of like a little bit of a strut and then like kind of a stand out, one foot in front of the other. I went to do the blue steel. No. Has anyone ever watched Power Walkers in the Olympics? Yeah. Like they got, it looks like they're like, like, Passing rugby balls, but it's, it's, it's insane. So, you know, some professions, you can totally tell who they are by the way they walk. Now, who's ready for a fun fact this morning? Yeah, I love a good fun fact. So I had the privilege of meeting um, a woman by the name of Amy Webb, okay? And this was in Austin, Texas. Now, Amy Webb is the head of Strategic Foresight 
at New York University. She runs what's called the Future Today Institute. Now, she works with lots of big businesses taking a look at um, technology and how we can incorporate it into your business so that you have a competitive edge, okay? Now, how crazy is this? We have all heard of biometrics. We have it on our phone. Facial recognition, right? You only have to look at your phone now, it opens up, or your, your fingerprint. Now, this is the crazy thing. Because I can wear some dark glasses and put on a baseball cap, that looks a bit sketchy, right? Um, and I can evade that. Do you know what is one of the ways that is a better way of identifying somebody? Your walk. So there is something called gait analysis, which is literally, if they can have a camera on you long enough, or even working with cell phone companies on um, your cell phone and can pick up your walk, it can identify you. Because if I'm going to be dodgy and I'm going to go rob a store or something, I can kind of change my walk and put a limp on there and put sunglasses and a hat, but it's really hard to keep that up for a long time. (laughs) So if they can have cameras on you for longer, you can identify somebody by their walk. So the ex-advertising strategist in me is like, oh, this is interesting. What can we do? I think the human in me is like, beep, 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 beep. But anyway, your walk is literally like a fingerprint. You can tell a lot about somebody by their walk. And what Paul is saying here is be imitators of God and walk in the way of love like Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus had a signature walk. You wouldn't have to be around Jesus long to see it. You know, I would have loved, like we read about it, I would have loved to have been there, right? The walk of love. Um, You know, one of the most incredible stories in the Bible recorded is, you know, Jesus, he's just given one of the most famous sermons of all time. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. We all know that one, right? just incredible, incredible points on how to live. And he's coming off the mountainside and the crowd are following him. And what should happen, but a leper turns up. Now, lepers were social outcasts because nobody wanted what they had, okay? Social outcasts, cut off from their family, from their friends, uh, because, because of the condition, the, the, he probably smelled, there would have been decay happening, and he is so desperate that he's willing to turn up in front of a crowd. He's willing, even if Jesus was to go, you know, be gone, because he's used to this rejection, constant rejection. He was willing to do it. That's how desperate he was. And he comes before Jesus. And do you know what he says? He goes, I know you are able, but are you willing to make me clean? Now, there would have been, a, am sure, a bit of a hush. There would have been people going, oh my goodness, does Jesus know who this guy is? There would have been people repulsed, trying to step backwards, And what does it say? Jesus touched him and said, I am willing. You are clean. What an amazing walk of love. You know, God is all powerful. God could have just said, 
you know, Jesus stand back and go, okay, you're healed and this healing takes place and everyone claps and cheers and go, how powerful is God? But God sees right through to the heart and the need and the pain. God saw all the moments of the missed birthday parties and the missed hugs and all the other things. And what's the greatest need? Touch. Touched him and said, I am willing. Be healed. You know, that walk would have been so incredible with, um, you know, Jesus moving through the town and and the crowds are um, swelling all around and there's that short guy, Zacchaeus, right? Probably about my height. (laughs) Climbing up a tree so that he can see. Just wanting to catch a glimpse, but this is the walk of Jesus, the walk of love, that it's not just a, a transformation conversation, but it's, a, hey, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm, I'm coming to your house for a feed. Again, Zacchaeus would have been ostracized, a tax collector, hated. People probably would have actually plotted on how to kill him because he represented everything that was wrong with Rome and the oppression of the day. Yet Jesus goes, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. We're going to have a feed. Turns up, we all know what happens next, transformation. That's the walk of love. Love, agape. I think we've been in church too long, some of us. Because we hear the word agape and we go, oh, yeah, 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 I, I get that. You know, it's so much more than, it's not even about liking somebody. It's really easy to love someone you like, right? It's so easy to love somebody um, that you're in a romantic relationship with. So easy for me to love Kim. I'd do anything for Kim. So easy because we're passionately in love. I love my kids. So easy that I would prefer them. But literally that word agape, that walk of love is to prefer. And we see that so clear in the gospel as as we've been going through in um, this series on in Christ that, you know, what what a great statement that God was willing to prefer and leave heaven come to earth, become human, put on flesh. Remember, Jesus is fully God, but he became fully human too. That's the mystery that he came. He was willing to experience it all and even go to the the utter extreme for us, death on a cross, because he loved. That was the walk of love. That was the... That's how far he was willing to prefer and see us set free. We know that through the cross, the power of sin defeated, the power of death defeated, and he didn't stay there, amen. He rose again. Come on, come on. The walk of love. He had a signature walk. And in the same way that a walk defines us, I think Paul's taking that, that, that idea of how we walk and what it says and, and he's linking it to how we live our lives, how we navigate our lives. And, you know, the more you walk, the more it becomes ingrained. So hence the challenge, come on, as children of God, walk in the way of love. 
I want to make a point this morning that he wasn't saying walk in the way of love to become a child of God. It's not about we've got to, we've got to become perfect before God accepts us. No, it's God's accepted us. He's given us the free gift. Now it's time to walk in the way of love. The signature walk of Jesus. And so what does that look like? He goes on. We find this again, another thought. 5 verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Can we say light in the Lord? You were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You know, our walk in Christ should be as contrasting as light and as darkness. So we were once in darkness, we are now light. It should be as contrasting as no longer in darkness, in light. Remember, once you've had a revelation of who Jesus is, you're no longer part of the crowd. We're being called to be part of the crew. I like, good on you. I feel like the lights are changing. (laughs) Now, another fun fact, Paul was probably having a little bit of a dig at the city of Ephesus. So he's writing to the Ephesians, right? The city of Ephesus, this was their, um, like the city slogan, okay? The light of Asia. A bit like, you know how New York is the Big Apple? Ephesus was the light of Asia. It was, um, it had one of the seven wonders of the world, the Temple of Diana. In fact, many of the classical uh, writers of the day even reckon that this big temple was pretty much the one that trumped them all. So think, you know, New York City, you've got uh, the state, the Empire State Building, the Big Apple. This is Ephesus, right? Uh, The light of Asia. Uh, and it had the temple of Diana, but it was anything but a light. You see, it was a um, a hub of commerce, absolutely wild, uh, full-on drinking parties. Man, the sexual ethic in um, Ephesus was loose, okay? Absolutely loose. Now, without a disclaimer, don't worry, Craig, we're not going to get into details on that. Just with some kids in the room. But just trust me, it was loose. And so Paul was challenging a church that we cannot, as we walk in the way of love, live in darkness any longer. We got to live in the light. Like, listen to this. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. We're talking about everything outside of that, that definition of sex within marriage or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Because no immoral, impure or greedy person such man as an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. What he's saying is, guys, we've got to start walking, stop walking like this and walk over here. This is the walk of love. This is the uh, walking as a child of the light is that it's about selflessness rather than selfishness. You see, when you look at the core of this, that list, it's not just a list of going, these are, uh, let's be a buzzkill and these are the things we're going to cross off. 
At the core of every one of those is a desire to take. At the core of every one of those is a me and I don't care about the other person because I want to take. Whereas in the light, it's about selflessness and how do I prefer someone else and how do I see someone else as the image of God that God has created them to be. It looks a little different to walk in the light versus in the darkness. That is why it goes on to say, and I, and I want to clarify here, actually. If anyone's feeling uncomfortable in their seats, it's all good. <laughs> the Holy Spirit only convicts doesn't condemn. And the reason why the Holy Spirit loves to convict, convict is because it brings change. God doesn't shame. God just, he loves you so much. He just wants to see shame. The key is here that God is calling us to walk in a way that he's called us to be in Jesus. None of us are perfect, all right? Ask him far from it. And that's what I love about the gospel is he takes each and every one of us and he uses us as a product demonstration, right? Demonstrating the gospel working in us and through us and transforming us. Now, if you're waiting to be perfect before you think God can use you, well, we're missing out on seeing the transformation. God wants to take everyone where we are. But if we are in Christ... That's the inheritance of the kingdom. There should be transformation taking place. If we're still dabbling over here, really questioning what's going on. If we're moving over here, you can see God moving through you. Do we get that? Awesome. So it says, yeah, for you once were darkness, now you're in light. Live as or walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So fruit only actually grows in the sunlight. Has anyone learned that the hard way? Anyone ever planted a tree in the dark and then wondered why nothing grew on it? Well, we never made that mistake, Kim and I, but we did actually find a tree in our backyard that um, other plants had overgrown. And there's this poor lemon tree growing along the ground, desperate to find the light. There were no lemons on it. So we cut away the other plants, exposing it to where the sun could come down, put in a stake. And two years later, we're starting to see lemons, okay? Fruit trees need the light. As we walk in the light, we begin to have fruit. And what does the fruit look like? Goodness. This is what we want, right? We want goodness. This is, you know, we go around saying be kind, but we, we genuinely actually want this stuff. We want goodness. We want kindness. Righteousness. Your life look, begins to look a little different. And truth. And it says exposing those fruitless deeds, because these aren't, there's no fruit here. There's no fruit that's going to help somebody else. The fruit is only here in the light. But it says expose. Now, when it's saying exposing, I just want to clarify, we're not talking about exposing people. It says exposing deeds. Because we need to, we need to understand the truth, right? 
This leads to destruction. This leads to greed, selfishness, all these things that we don't want operating our lives. And over here is the light and the life. So it goes on to say, and this is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Because he's taking us from death to life, from darkness to light, from selfishness to selflessness, from wandering aimlessly to a purposeful life where we partner with him and seeing other people set free. Because who enjoys being set free? Who enjoys being made alive? God's wanting to partner with us in seeing others come into that reality. So how do we do this? Oh, yeah, I do want to actually clarify. You know, the darker the culture, the more the contrast, right? But also the greater the beacon of light and the beacon of hope. You know, I've seen that time and time again in my world, even, you know, um, pre being on staff here, the amount of times where if someone is genuinely going through an issue at your workplace and you live as a light, they'll seek you out. The amount of times I've had people call me or text me, even now, old clients and old colleagues who will text or call me and say, can we catch up? When they realize that the, worthless wandering ends up not where they want it to be. If you're willing to be a light, if you're willing to walk in the way of love, they'll seek you out. How good that we get to partner in what God's doing. So how do we do this? Because I don't know about you, but it sounds a bit hard. (laughs) It sounds like you've got to try and Man, you just got to be perfect. But I'm thankful to Paul because he tells us how to live like this. First of all, be very careful then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. Point number one this morning is be wise. Can you say that with me? Because life is all about choices, right? I love that Cole is right at the point now where he's reading chapter books, but not just those. Choose your own adventure books. How good are those? He's just trying to figure out how it goes because he gets to the page and it says, he's like, Dad, what's the right choice? And I'm like, well, Cole, actually you get to choose. Yeah, but Dad, I want the right choice. Okay, well, I don't know. I haven't read this book yet, but um, you read it through and and have another shot later and, and read through a different story. But with life, we got choices, right? A little bit more uh, riding on the pick a path than just a book you can reread. But um, God calls us to be wise and to make the most of every opportunity because the days are e- evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, what's really interesting here is it's a phrase Paul uses that is actually found elsewhere, and it's in Colossians, Colossians 4, and it's, um, where are we? Blah, 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 4, 5, and 6. It says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity and let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So what? are we talking about here? We are talking about how our walk leads other people, right? 
And it's about making the most of every opportunity. The, the word there is actually buying up time, like you're paying for something and you're, you're taking that time. Now, Pastor Don made a, um, a bit of a challenge last week that I didn't like because it challenged me. He's talking about how much time we spend on Netflix. <laughs> Did anyone feel challenged last week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. I love the honesty. Good on you guys. Um, now, there is some truth in here about how do we use our time, the opportunity. Now, I'm going to remove it from this conversation and move it over here for a second because we will feel less challenged, okay? Kobe Bryant. Who knows who Kobe Bryant is? Well, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Not the greatest in my opinion, but that's right. Kobe was so passionate about basketball that it caused him to live a little bit different. Um, I love, this was a little tip I, I taught Cole after watching a documentary. When he was seven, he noticed that kids always bounce the ball with their right hand, so he learned how to bounce the ball with his left hand. Okay, as he goes, I've now got an advantage. Then as he began to progress, he thought, you know what? We've got these things. They have summer camps for basketball. But he goes, you know what? I'm not going to wait for a summer camp. Here is what my regime looks through the week. And so he kind of talks through what he'd be doing, um, you know, uh, before school and after school. And then this was the clincher. He said, because you know what? Even if I decided not to go to basketball camp, it just shows you how many hours he's put in that no one will ever catch up to me. <laughs> he goes, I am untouchable. Now, with an attitude like that and putting in the time, he truly was untouchable. He's one of the greatest players to ever live. Now, let's go back to the challenge. <laughs> what Paul is encouraging is not to live a life where you have, there's a bit of fun and a bit of entertainment and other things in there. What he's challenging on is that we can be wise with our time. We can buy up those opportunities and go, how are we going to spend it well? The conversations, our evenings, or we can just let it go by the wayside and a couple of years later, wake up and go, oh man, where am I? <laughs> That's the challenge is going, hey, if we are passionate about how can we be part of the crew, not just the crowd, how does it look like how we spend our time, that idea of making the most of the opportunity, it's buying up. How do we use our time? How do we use our time? Being smart. Are we spending time in the Word? Are we gathering, spending time with each other, encouraging each other? Are we taking moments where we go, and this is one of the greatest prayers you'll ever pray, Holy Spirit, lead me and see what happens. And you know, some days we'll feel like we've taken three steps forward and some days we'll feel like we take a step backwards. I mean, I had one of those days the other day where I just went, man, oh, it was almost like I had a conversation with someone where it was like God offered it up on a plate and I missed it. <laughs> and that's fine. God just goes, you know what? Keep walking forward. How can we be wise? How can we be aware? Next bit, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And I want to clarify, does, um, that word there actually in the Greek is actually a waste of time. Um, so he's saying, you know, don't, don't get drunk, which leads to a waste of time. 
Because I don't know about you guys, but um, I, I have been to enough parties where I realised that blind drunkness equals wasted window of time of like, where am I? <laughs> Um, I have been to enough parties to understand that um, alcohol and getting drunk is also an enabler to do some pretty dumb things. So hence the language as he's going, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to a waste of our time when we should be making the most of the opportunity. But, and I think this is the greatest key, this is it. If you're going to take anything home this morning, it's this. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you guys say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the key. If we're trying to do everything before that, it's just religion and it's just box ticking and it's just condemnation and it's just waking up going, was I better than the day before? But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are enabled to live that way. We're enabled to have the fruit, to walk in the light, to be a beacon of hope, to be led by God in that conversation, to have the word of wisdom that that person needs, to be selfless, to to walk like Jesus and see the opportunity where there is a moment to express that love, that preferring, to see someone set free, to see someone healed, to see someone come to know him. I feel like Paul is leading us all this way to this point. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, is our guide, leads us in all truth. You know, it says that the Holy Spirit enables us to understand that we are sons and daughters of the living God, that the Holy Spirit empowers us to operate in the gifts. Who's thankful for the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Man, and as Julia said this morning, God doesn't actually just take all the gifts and gives them to Pastor Don and Julia. He distributes them to everyone, to everyone, because we need each other. And we operate together. You know, as we keep in step and filled with the Holy Spirit, what does it say in Galatians? That we will exhibit the fruit. What we want to see in our world is through the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to, we're going to be coming to a close in a second, but I I just want to take a moment to, to think about that a little bit more, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, so often it's easy to be like, okay, made the decision, check. Being baptized, check. Being prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, check. But what Paul is saying is to be continuously filled. Continuously filled. It's not enough to have a one-time moment. Continuously filled. Now I've shared this illustration before, but I think it's so important for us this morning. 
We are the sponge. Anyone feel like a sponge this morning? Green. This is clean this time. Last time I used one that I have no idea what chemicals were over it. But we are filled with the Holy Spirit. But who knows like a dry sponge, it's not like in every part, right? That's God's desire because as we go through life, especially as we partner with God and we're helping clean people up, we go through a few challenges, we get wrung out. Sometimes we don't feel completely filled, right? And we need to be filled. And we go through life and we need to be filled. Coming before God, just going, God, take me deeper. In a time of worship, just pressing in. In a moment like this where, you know, you might be listening to someone speak, but you're like, God, just fill me, fill me, fill me. I need to be filled. It's not, it's not so much how much of the Holy Spirit do I have, but how much does the Holy Spirit have of me? Am I completely filled? It's integral to our walk. It's integral to being light. You know how I know how much, how important it is? Luke made that point of Jesus, who's the son of God. He's the image we're, we're being formed into, right? His purpose is that we're shaped and formed into the, the image of Jesus. Listen to this, Luke 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Luke's making a point because he wrote Acts and he demonstrated what happens when a people get filled with the Holy Spirit. He's making this a, of Jesus. Listen, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. If you want to be led on the walk, you've got to be filled. But what happens? He goes into a wilderness where he's tempted for 40 days. Does that sound easy? But he demonstrates that you can overcome by being filled and led. Filled and led. You see, he walked into that, that wilderness full, not dry, full. I think too often we want to um, get straight to the platform without doing the preparation, right? Or we want to arrive without doing the preparation, but you can't skip that step. We've got to be filled and led. But I love this promise. It says in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee. This is after um, he overcomes the devil in the power of the Spirit. That word power, remember dunamis, God's mighty enabling. So not our own limitations, but God's mighty enabling. Jesus overcomes and leaves in power. I want to encourage you this morning. There is power on the other side, but we've got to be full, being filled by the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we can walk in the way of love, that we can walk as children of light, beacons of hope, so that ultimately people can see and come to know our God. Lance and the band, actually, if you guys can come up. 
I think you were escaping for the toilet. I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> um, we've got a world that's desperate. I shared this the other day with some, some people, but uh, Google, I think I've shared this first one here. In 2020, can you guys remember that far back? <laughs> In 2020, there was the highest number of Google searches for where is God in history. Right as the world was going into lockdown and different ways of tackling uh, COVID globally, most searches in history, where is God? In 2021, Google, this is how Google summarized the year of search in 2021. This is last year. More than ever before, people were searching, how do I heal? How do I move forward? How do I get resilience? How do I overcome? How do we become a stronger community? This is Google. This isn't the church guy and these are all the, the searches. This is Google. More than ever before, that is what people are searching. These are deeply spiritual questions that people are asking every single day. They're just not necessarily asking Christians or the church. It's a bit like us with our health, right? We, you know, we should go to a doctor, but where do we turn? Google. Oh no! My sore leg is actually nice, Jones. Um, we turn to Google in the safety of our homes and on our devices, but people are asking these questions every day and we carry the hope. Amen? We carry the hope. We're far too quiet this morning. Was it too challenging? We carry the hope, amen? Come on. That God can come and set us free, free from sin and death and to live a life of purpose moving forward. Do you know what's going to make it more likely that somebody asks you is what Paul is talking about. It starts with how we live, walking in the way of love. It's the signature walk. They're going to see that. It starts with living as children of light. There's something different about Shirin. It's about being a living product demonstration, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then someone who might have Googled it actually goes, hey, you know what, Jess, is there any chance we can catch up? I need to have a chat. And that's where we make the most of the opportunity, amen? I believe, in fact, why don't we stand this morning? I believe that God is stirring us up because we are right at the edge, right at the edge of seeing the people in our world come into a reality of knowing God's power. And He's stirring us up. He's waking us up. He's going, you know what? It's cool if you want to be part of the crowd, but I'm calling you to be part of the crew because I'm looking for people to use. And that's why we've got to be wise. That's why we've got to stop mucking around and um, getting in the autopilot. And um, it's, it's time for us to go, here I am. 
here I am. Use me, send me. Here I am, use me, send me. Here I am, use me, send me. And what will happen is you will get used (laughs) because God's good. But it's worth it. You know why? Because you see lives transformed. And what's our vision here, guys? Let's try that one again. What's our vision here? That's each one of us. Not just someone hopping up with a mic, not just Pastor John, who's an incredible, I like the, the amount of people he gets around and speaks into. Man, I really honour that. But it's all of us. Yeah, it's all of us. Not just Terry. We're picking on Terry because he's 80. But it's all of us. That's why I love Jordan, get ready, man. I think it's by no mistake that you are studying counselling and the amount of young people that you're going to speak into and see them set free. Because there's prayer, and I believe in the power of prayer and that God can change someone in a moment. But there's also the fact that God uses us to be an answer to prayer as well. And I think sometimes what people are really looking for is someone to love them and to hear them before they're willing to open up and to receive. And I know you know this, but I, I, I truly believe, man, if God could open your eyes to see what's ahead of you, it would blow your mind. It would blow your mind. There's gifts on everyone's lives. Gifts on everyone's lives. You know what? Frankie, I love what God's doing in your world right now. You know, you know God. You know how to pray. In fact, it's all of you, Julia, Dawn. You guys know how to pray, but it's like God's taking you through a bit of a a, a bit of a challenging season because of what He's building within you. Because the best is yet to come. There's there's greater levels of outworking the power of the Holy Spirit if you're willing to go deep. And that's what God is building in you guys. I'm so excited watching you on the Thursday night seek prayer meetings, but I can just feel that there's, there's, you know, you can pray, but there's a power that comes when you've been through a few battles. And I just believe that what God would want to say to you this morning is stand firm. Stand firm as you put on the armour, as you're willing to stand firm, we see the enemy retreat. And it's not just for you guys. I'm saying that what God's doing on your life is it's for others, that you're standing firm for others. Yeah, come on. God's good, amen. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to just begin to sing and, and as we always do, we open up opportunity for prayer and ministry Um, especially before you head out there and eat some butter chicken. Prayer and ministry. But right across this place, why don't you just close your eyes? We just want to have a a, a moment like we do every week where whether you're watching online this morning or in the building, maybe you've been sitting here and and you're feeling stirred and challenged and and, uh, what the yes decision looks like for you today is to just say simply yes to surrendering to Jesus. The greatest decision you could ever make 
Remember, we've heard about it this morning that Jesus came to set us free, that we wouldn't walk around aimlessly, but we would have purpose. And that is for you this morning. Maybe this morning your yes is to surrender to Jesus. Maybe you've said yes before, but you know, as I spoke, you're feeling challenged about the way that you are living that it doesn't necessarily reflect the transformation that God has for you. And this morning is a chance to go, yes, I surrender. You know, one of the words used for repentance in the, in the Bible is literally teshuva, which means to just return to the path, return to the way that you walk. This is an opportunity for you this morning to say yes. And with eyes closed, because this is between you and God, I I really want to encourage you in this moment. Why don't you make a physical declaration and a sign to God going, that is me. It's as simple as just putting up your hand and going, God, that is me this morning. Come on. Awesome. I see those hands. That is me. I want to return. I want to make this yes decision. The international sign of surrender, the hands up. Awesome. I see some hands. What, what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. And church, why don't we all join in this one this morning? Maybe you're in line and that's your decision. Why don't you join us as two people put their hands up and make this your prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your love. The love that drove you to come to earth and to even die on the cross in my place so I could be set free that sin would no longer have power and that I could receive eternal life. Today I choose to follow after you. Lead me in the walk of life and the walk of love. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's praise Him this morning. Now, the, the, what we're going to do is we're going to open up for a time of ministry as we sing. And, and what this is for is if you want prayer for anything, maybe it's healing. Uh, maybe you're going through a challenge and you want prayer. Come on up. But more importantly, if you want to be filled, if you're feeling dry, this is your moment right now. And the ministry team's going to join in. We're going to pray for you. Um, those two people put up their hands. Why don't you come up as well? Because I want to pray that you are filled too because that's the next step, filled with the Holy Spirit. But we're just going to worship and we're going to have ministry, okay? And at some point, Pastor John's going to get up and go, it's okay to go buy butter chicken. But don't let that stop you. This is your moment with God. We're going to go deeper because God is good. Amen. All right, team, let's go and we're going to worship. We're going to pray.